You know what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We gotta get started. <laughs> we gotta go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle from IrishSportsDaily.com. I'm your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, as always, is Jamie Uyama, Mr. Jamie University. It is Thursday, November 30th, and uh, we got a lot of news, Jamie. A lot of things are going on. Uh, it's a busy time of year. It's a busy time. Things kind of popped off when we uh, about an hour after we ended the show. Um, Chancey Stuckey was, was relieved of his duties um, as the Notre Dame wide receiver coach. Which was surprising to me, which was surprising. I, I think that there was there's been a lot of talk about the wide receivers this year. Um, but I did not know that 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 was coming, especially when uh it yeah. was announced. So uh we, we can get into that. Tobias Merriweather into the portal as well. Um that was much speculated, uh kind of all over the internets. Um I'd heard about that earlier in the week and was asked to hold the news, and so I did. And so um that was kind of uh that that was not a surprise um and there's a lot of speculation in other places as well um so we can get into that uh we're going to talk about all those things riley leonard went into the portal yesterday and obviously he is heavily linked to notre dame um so that seems to be uh, a thing right now so we're going to talk about that what he could mean to the offense jamie I, I i looked at um i looked at two full games of his yesterday and uh, I'm, I'm oh just please just look at Joel Easton's. Uh, this is it would be an un unbelievable seg from Joel Ace. You know what? Right let's let, let's let's steal it. Let's steal it. Let's steal it oh, right wow. now. Well oh, done. man, that's good stuff, Joel. Um, I'll, uh, I'll I'll throw that up in a second. So um, th so there's that we'll get into. I, I, I saw I saw a couple full games of Riley Leonard yesterday uh, and I was impressed with him, uh, especially thinking about it as it relates to what I think or what we think the Notre Dame offense could be next year. So uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If this is your first time catching us, please hit the like button. Please hit subscribe. Please hit the notification bell so you know whenever it is we are going live. Links to the podcast are in the description below. Uh, yeah, Chancey Stuckey, uh, relieved of his duties. And speaking of being relieved of duties, if you need a new shirt for your upcoming interviews, Get on ESQclothing.com and get a bamboo dress shirt. Uh, hat tip to Joel Easton there for that. Um, it's the holiday season. So, look, uh, the coaching carousel, it, it, there's no better time to take advantage of the special offered by Ga Wang, who is blowing up the chat right now. He's going off. Uh, this holiday season, no better gift for your husband, father, brother, son, nephew, who may have just recently lost their job. You've seen ESQ's bamboo dress shirt on all their on all your favorite coaches and players. It's the world's most comfortable dress shirt made of sustainable bamboo fibers. The bamboo shirt is naturally odor resistant, wrinkle resistant, even machine washable. Also three degrees, three degrees cooler than cotton. So you can sweat it out during your interview. Get ahead of the holiday season and use ISD 25 to get 25% off your online purchase at esqclothing.com or visit God at Chicago showroom to get your perfect custom fit. Uh, we, we have, we have, um, we have uh, some testimonials in the chat, Jamie. I think uh, well, who? Let me let me find it. Let me find it. Kelly, Kelly uh, Kranger, Kranger. I'm gonna say uh, I bought a bamboo shirt from your store in October. Unfortunately, he was he was gone, but uh, God was not there that day. But it's a great shirt. Uh, staff was super friendly and helpful. So uh, that could be you too. Get in. Get into. Uh, get into uh, ESQ headquarters. And uh, get your uh, get your bamboo dresser. Um, a lot of rumors going on in the chat. Let's talk about what has happened. Chancey Stuckey uh, relieved of his duties, and um, let me get your take, Jamie. I I, I have a good amount of thoughts on this, but I'd, I'd like to get your take on the uh, on the dismissal of Chancey Stuckey. Um, one, I think you know, and it's always like it, it seems cliche when we talk about this, but. He's a good guy. He's a good dude. Uh, it sucks when anyone loses their job, even if it's someone that uh, maybe like fans aren't happy with. So that's never yeah. fun uh, when someone loses their job, especially when they're a good guy like like uh, Chancey is. So um, that that sucks from that perspective. But I mean, it is a business, and uh, there was going to be changes 
on the staff. I think that was just obvious. And I think everyone, uh, people were kind of waiting for like the Jared Parker thing to happen for like the shooter drop there. Yeah. But I, I think, you know, and, and we don't know what else, there's going to be other changes. Like it's just, that's what happens. Right. But, and it was a surprise. I was, I was surprised by it. I didn't see it coming. Um, but in saying that it wasn't like I hadn't heard that uh, there was, wasn't some dysfunction in the wide receiver room that the guys weren't happy, but I mean, guys aren't happy every year. So that's not uh, like something new, but obviously right now it's a very um, I'd say delicate time for the program and for Marcus Freeman, they kind of got to get it right. They got to yeah. get it right and they got to get it like going now. And especially if you are going to, um, you know, pursue a bunch of guys in the portal or try to finish out, uh, try to make sure that you get like the best possible um, 2025 class. Uh, also just make sure that your receivers, if you aren't, thinking that you're getting everyone to the level they should be then or managing the room like like it should be yeah you got to make a change and that's part of the job and and uh mark Freeman hasn't had to fire anyone this is his first guy that he's fired mm -hmm. um and obviously he was like one of like technically kind of like the first hires and i know that was like reese probably reese played a big part in it too um but i mean i guess it's in 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 that kind of respect, it's kind of a positive because you're like, you have to be able to make these hard choices and that yeah. ought to be something that's done, but it always sucks when, uh, you know, someone is getting fired and it should be mentioned Del Alexander. And I mentioned it in six thoughts again today, and I hate to keep dunking on the guy, but he deserves to be dunked on like the last three classes that he had. Um, there's only, you know, Jaden Thomas is the only guy, the only guy left. Right. And yeah. so, cause now that Merriweather is gone, I mean, Colsey technically, but I, I don't think it's like, whatever, we're not talking out of school to say that, like, I'm not sure Colsey's going to be back. Like that, that, that is a guy that I wouldn't be surprised at all if he jumps in the portal um, as a grad transfer. Right. So, yeah. um, and the, and you look at 2020, 2021, and 2020 classes, and next year they might it might be just Jaden Thomas. Like that's a pretty bad situation for um, Chauncey Stuckey to inherit. Uh, for anyone, I don't care who it is, that that would be a bad situation to inherit. Um, but you know you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do, and obviously Marcus Freeman made the decision that he thought was best for the program and best for the wide receiver room going forward. Yeah. All right. Um, like I said, I have some thoughts on this and I have some kind of some, some Intel as well, just kind of provide clarity. Um, Michael Holcomb says another podcast made it appear that the entire team is separated drastically. That clarity doesn't exist. What is your overall opinions on the state of the team? Um, I, I don't know where other podcasts are on this topic. Um, so I, I can, I'm not going to speak to them and I, I I'm not going to answer to that because I didn't, I didn't hear the conversation. So I don't, I don't know what they're referring to there. Um, I would say that I, the issues that I heard about in the wide receiver room did not extend to the team. Right. Um, which isn't, which isn't to say anyone's wrong or whatever. I mean, opinions are opinions. That's fine. They can have those and, and whatever reporting they may have. Um, but I, the issues that I had heard about in the room, the wide receiver room did not extend to the team. Um, so that's that. Now I, I think, and I put this on the uh, Irish sports daily board as well, just to kind of give some context to the whole, the whole kind of outlook and why, why Notre Dame has ended up where they are right now with the wide receiver position. You got to go back to like February and March, Jamie. Remember like when, when Sam Hartman came in, right? It was, it, they're going to throw more. It's going to be more wide open. Like you, you, you replace yeah. Sam Hart, Drew Pine with Sam Hartman. And, 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 and I think that a lot of players and members of the offense felt like we're, we're going to be humming next year. 
right? And look where it ended up, right? It, that ended up not being the case. Now, this isn't to blame uh, Jared Parker for that. This isn't to blame Chancey Stuckey for that. It's just like it adds to the discontent of yeah. the entire room, right? And, and the entire offense as a whole. For Sam Hartman as well, right? Like he did not expect this this season to go the way that it did in terms of the style of play on offense, right? The wide receivers didn't think that. The, the leading receiver had what thirty something catches. Like that's not that, that that's not it's what not anyone, anyone expected. Would have expected. Yeah, right. Everyone thought they were going to do numbers, right? So when that starts happening, and guys start getting getting unhappy, right? And I yeah. think you said it there, Jamie. Like, why why are we here? Like, why are we where we are with this? And I think the main reason is that you said it just a second ago. They didn't, Chancey Stuckey did not manage the room as well as he needed to. And that was his biggest kind of, I guess, I'll call it a failing. Because he ended up getting fired, right? And I think that was the biggest reason. Now, if we were to have Chancey Stuckey in this room talking to us right now, there would be, he would have reasons for that, Right. They, he was, there were times when Notre Dame had three freshmen on the field at once. Yeah. Rico Flores led the, the receivers and snaps. Yeah. Like we, like the, the talk for the last five, six years was Notre Dame can't get any freshmen on the field. And now they have three on the field at the same time. Right. Like, and that is something that's like, you got to, that takes a lot of time. You got to spend time on that. You have to be doing that. Right. Like you have to be coaching those guys. You have to be preparing them. Right. And so if that leads other players feeling neglected or whatever it may be, then Chancey has to be communicating with those guys. He has to find a way to manage his room that way. And, and one of the things as it related to Tobias was, you know, after the Duke game, when Tobias had a very poor game and he was essentially replaced in the, in the starting lineup with Rico Flores, there wasn't a conversation with Tobias about that. Right now, you and I have talked about this before, and, I, and so I'm going to get to kind of your take on that as well, because I, I agree with you on this. But Chancey did not sit down with Tobias and say, this is what I saw. This is what it is. We're going to drop you in the depth chart and we're going to go with Rico. But this is what I need from you. X, Y, Z. Now. A player can do that as well, and a player should do that. And if, if a player wants to make it work in the room if a player wants to make it work at the university, then that player will take it upon himself to go to the coach and say, coach, where am I at? What do I need to do? How do I, how do I get better? Cause if you can take the, if you can take the initiative to leave the program, then you can take the initiative to talk to your coach and say, coach, where am I at? Coach, what, what, what do I need to do? How do I, how do I make it work here? Right. And that didn't happen. Okay. But that was part of, part of the, the problems with Stucky in that room is just like those conversations weren't happening. And that was part of the reason why you have guys like Tobias, not happy. Right. Uh, I, I can't speak to this specifically with Chris Tyree, but I think Chris Tyree was unhappy with his snap numbers, the amount of usage that he had. I mean, we talked about, he was one of Notre Dame's most efficient players and yeah. his, his usage just wasn't what you would think it would. What would be what right? it would have been considering his production. Like, yeah. I mean, you can understand at the start of the year, but then as the season went along, like we were all kind of like, yeah, he should get more touches. He should play more snaps. Yeah. And it didn't really happen. Um, you know, and, it, and there are obviously there are reasons for that. And some of them are valid reasons, but yeah, that's true. Like you have to be able to manage all of these things. And that's something too, right. Where uh, I mean, I'm not blame I'm not blaming, um, uh, you know, Stucky for Tyree choosing to go in the portal because maybe you would have chosen any or whatever, right? But that is something too that you have to think about all these things going forward, right? And I also think too, like, um, you know, uh, our, you know, our, our friend Chris Wilson kind of brought up how Stucky in the preseason and in, 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 I believe it was in the spring was talking about how Tobias had this like, and, and whatever he threw the name out. So it's kind of on him. He threw the name out Randy Moss when he talked about like yeah, yeah. his ability to separate through there. First of all, probably shouldn't have done that. Probably shouldn't have used that uh, comparison. Uh, totally unfair to the kid. Uh, but if that's what you really think about someone, then 
it's also partially on him to be like, I got to get this guy out of him. Yeah. Especially yeah. given what you have in the room and you don't have enough guys. You don't have enough guys, period. And you already are down. Thomas is hurt and Great House is hurt and all these kind of things. So that kind of stuff does matter. It, it really, really does. Like, um, and let's be honest, like no one – no one wants to have to manage all these personalities and their kids and their parents yeah. and all this kind of stuff, but it is a hundred percent part of the job. It is part of the job. That's part of everything. And it's just like, it's why guys want to coach in the pros and they don't want to coach whatever. Cause they want to yeah. coach adults and adults. Cause an adult would be like, Hey, I'm going to do this. And guess what? If you're not doing it, you're cut. Right? Like that's kind of how it, it works in the, in the league, but it doesn't work like that. And the guys, because too, you can't, because of the portal, you have to treat kids differently than you would coach them before. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff matters. And I also want to just add in the fact that I think we're looking at the portal. And first of all, none of these are, I think, like catastrophic losses for Notre Dame. Like, I, I wouldn't classify any player that has gone to the portal as a catastrophic loss for Notre Dame. Replaceable players, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Uh, but – some of these guys would have stayed if things were better. And it's not just what you kind of said, Greg, about like, you know, the offense was doing a certain way. If they kept up what they were doing in like the first four games or whatever, yeah. compared to whatever. Yes, that's part of it. The other part is winning because if they were 11 and one and they were a CFP contender, guys are sticking around for that and then maybe something else changes during that time maybe they go into the portal after the or whatever right but that's why all that kind of stuff matters and why when you aren't 11 and 1 or 12 and 0 and you're you're you know 9 and 3 it changes it changes and it and first of all I don't blame anyone for going in the portal for if you're looking for a better opportunity or another chance to play because if I was Merriweather too I mean, there's a bunch of ways, and you you said it uh, on Iron Sports Daily as well, Greg. He's only got two years left. Yeah. So if he's there and he's like, well, Rico Flores is starting at the field in front of me, and he's he's younger than me, he's has to look at that. And you could say, well, yeah, maybe he should fight for you know the spot or whatever. Maybe maybe he's got to do this, whatever. But. I totally understand someone being like, I, you know, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to have the best opportunity to start another opportunity to start and play because guess what? I only have this much time. And the other thing is it's not COVID with the extra year anymore. These guys don't get yeah. an extra year and all these guys benefit. First of all, people should remember anyone who's criticizing Chris Tyree for leaving or whatever, saying he loves Notre Dame. I saw a couple of people throw this up. It's like, he wouldn't even have a year of eligibility left. He stayed his his full right. time. He he's got the extra year because of COVID. After next year, there are no extra COVID years for for the the older guys on the team. So it's just it's a different dynamic. And now you'll see it sped up. And Merriweather's no different than Styles and Cully and uh, Buckner last year, who being like. Well, I got uh, two years. So what am I going to yeah. do? I got to, I, I want to do something. I want to have a shot to play in the NFL. And they took it. And I'm not saying it was the best decision for all those guys, but that's why they made the decision. And, and specifically on Tobias, like something that was consistent when talking about him was I kept hearing two years left, two years left. And we have to remember last year, he, he was he was trending up. He was becoming becoming big, a bigger bigger part of the game plan. And then he got a concussion, and that was after the fifth game. And so he didn't have the opportunity to redshirt at that point. If he had got a concussion after the fourth game, that's an easy redshirt. He'd have three years left after this year. And so I think they would have. I think it would have been a situation for him where it's like I can be a little bit more patient. See who yeah. Notre Dame brings in, right? But my degree he, and all that, yeah. Yeah, he got my degree, but he can't because he only had two years, right? And so that was a consistent theme with him. And so I think that made it difficult. 
And the other part too is like with Tobias, it was just you look at it as 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 a whole, and it was just a failure to thrive on that point, which is not necessarily like on his part or Notre Dame's part. It's just like he was a guy that that everyone said. Like, how many times did we have a conversation in the offseason? It's like Tobias is the key to unlock what this passing game can be, right? We heard it all the time. He was not ready for that. He simply was not. And, and you know, and so then he becomes like a whipping boy uh, on like, you know, how many times the people, I mean, people were giving up on him. It completely gave up on him. And I think he hears that, right? He notices that. He knows that. He catches the yeah. pass against Central Michigan and he's doing this thing, right? Like, he Social knew. media and, and all yeah, that. like yeah. he knew he he absolutely knew that he absolutely felt that, and I think for him it was like you know what I only have two years I can't I can't sit around and wait for them to run the kind of offense I think they're going to run to bring in the kind of coach that I think is going to fit with me right and I think he just said you know what I, I need to move on right now look were there were there little things that happened. Like, are there little stories that we could tell about, um, you know, this happened here and this happened here and Chancey Stuckey did this and, and this this other thing that happened? Like, yeah, we could, but, like, that's just dishing gossip. Like, I, I think there's a lot going on right now about, like, telling little stories about why a relationship ended. And I don't think that that's, like, doing anyone any good. To, to talk about that stuff. It's like, you know, like you, Jamie, you know how like a friend of yours breaks up with a, in a relationship or right. And they're telling the story. It's like, yeah, you know, uh, they, they came home and, and I had dinner made and he didn't, he didn't really appreciate it. And, and, uh, he went and sat on the, on the couch and played video games. And it's like, Oh yeah, man, that's bad. Like that's a bad guy. It's like, really just like, look, it doesn't matter today. Like it, it's the, the reason we are here today is because just it wasn't working out. It didn't work out for him, and it could work out. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not sad that he's leaving. That is a hundred percent like not how I see it. You can't, you can't leave like guys like that. You can't have them leaving your program. You know, like it's just he moves different. He is a physical like the way he is. You want to try to have it work out. Now, a lot of the, a lot of the problems with Tobias. Tobias has to put his hand up and say, hey, like, I, I didn't perform either. You know, he was given a ton of opportunities. He was the starting wide receiver. When when Jaden Thomas got hurt, he was moved to the boundary. There were plenty of opportunities, right? And so, like, yeah, it, it's not like Notre Dame just sat him on the bench and didn't try to work with him. It's a, he got a ton of snaps. He got a lot of snaps, right? And so yeah. it, it, it's unfortunate that he didn't want to wait. And he didn't he didn't trust Notre Dame to bring in uh, someone that could develop him, right? And it but it, it's unfortunate, um, but that is what it is. And so he he made that decision, and uh, you know Notre Dame has to Notre Dame then has to deal with it um, and try to weather the storm here because there it, it is a like you said it's a tenuous situation in the uh, wide receiver room right now. Oh, just wanted to mention too with the uh, Xander mentioned to Prince Colley, he didn't play this year. He's got he had yeah. a concussion. He's got bad. So I don't know if anyone knew, but he had concussion problems at Notre Dame too. Yeah. So um, I don't know what his future is, to be honest, in football. So uh, it's unfortunate for him uh, because he didn't really get a chance to, you know, whatever show like I ah, proved Notre Dame wrong or whatever. Uh, but I mean, I think we don't really need to rehash any of the things. I think he wasn't, uh, he didn't play at a level where I thought he was going to play a lot anyway. So, and I don't know that, uh, Lorenzo styles, I don't know that he played in anything more than four games, right? He didn't, he got a red shirt, right? Yeah, so he, he got did. a red shirt, right? And so that's something that Tobias could do, right? Is he could, maybe yeah, he could go somewhere, take a red shirt, develop, and then, uh, play his two seasons. Um, and that's something that just wouldn't really happen at Notre Dame, right? Like you don't, you don't want to do that. Um, and so uh, our Zalamia says, any chance any of these portal guys end up back at Notre Dame? Uh, doubtful. I would say no on that, uh, especially for Tobias. Because here's the other part. 
I think that once Notre Dame will fight for you, like I think Marcus Freeman wanted Tobias to stay, and I think he tried to get him to stay at the university. Um, but once you go into the portal, I, I think the dynamic kind of changes for them. Like you would have to go then re-recruit them. And it's like the fact that you have chosen to walk away, like it, it skews things in the way of, of the coaching staff. Right. And then you look at like, okay, like this is how it was when you were here. Is, is that something that, you know, we, we really want to get back into. Right. And so like once I feel like once you make the decision, uh, that's kind of it. But what do you think, Jamie? I mean, it's always possible, whatever, because it, it, I mean, it certainly happened. And I mean, it happened with Houston Griffith, but like, I just, most guys have already uh, made up their mind and have been thinking about it forever. It's usually not a rash decision, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know. And I also think once guys are out, once they're like out, out, like, you probably don't want them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I, I was saying, like, the, the, the dynamic is different. Play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 difficult there. Um, everyone's everyone's talking about stays in the chat. Like that's a a thing that happened. I haven't seen anything like that. So, um, I, I don't know. It, it's did you did you see that, Jamie? Is anything that came up there? I I didn't see anything. Uh, I mean. It wouldn't shock me uh, if it happens. I mean, uh, he just was like absent from the Stanford game, you know, like, like he just didn't play. And I don't, I don't know. Oh, okay. It's just rumors. So, I mean, that was that we didn't, we didn't know there was no clarity there. If it was an injury, I think maybe he was sick to say it was sick. Something like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was something like, it was like a, oh yeah. It was, it was a very like late thing that they mentioned. Uh, but I mean, I just, if you look at it, like I'm, I've always wondered why uh, I know the one thing is that tight end, you're going to, they play multiple tight ends. You're going to play a lot. Right. Um, but you can go to another place. He could go to like, he could start at 90% of power five schools. Yeah, he could. So if someone decided to do that, I mean, I couldn't blame somebody if you're going to be the number two or number three guy. Yeah. I mean, if he went to Georgia, like he's from Georgia. So if he's not, he's not going to start at He's not going to start at Georgia. That's what I'm saying. But for him, like, like we will sit here and have a conversation that he won't start for Georgia, but that he may feel like I I can guarantee he wouldn't start for Georgia. (laughs) Georgia might be the only team because they are, they are similarly loaded with tight ends. He'd be like a one of many kind of guys. Right. So, but he could go to like, I don't know. He could start at an SEC school and be like, he could go to LSU and be yeah. like their starting tight end. Or maybe not. I can't remember. No, because they, they, they've got a good, he's a sophomore. Yeah. But he could go to a lot of places where he's like automatically steps in. He's tight end one. So that's just one of those things. So, yeah. It's weird because like he, he could go a lot of places and be tight end one, but. You could you could be tight end one at Notre Dame too. You could do that. Oh, for sure. I mean, pretty good, pretty good school to be tight end one. If, you know, well, like <laughs> the other thing is, is that I mean, look at what happened with Evans this year, and we don't know what's going to happen yeah. with Evans. Yeah, and uh, you know, and, and when he's going to be back, and also too, like, uh, all the takes too is just like Mitchell Evans was. Not like the main guy. I mean, he was the main guy in terms of snaps, but he wasn't like the number one target until the Ohio State game. And then all of a sudden it was like, well, Mitchell Evans is like that dude yeah. now, right? So it can it can flip quick. You know, it can flip quick. So, uh, I mean, I, I certainly think staying at Notre Dame is a good decision for a tight end because you're going to develop and you're going to play in the NFL. Yeah. That's just what, what you do. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. Um, Robert Hallecky is asking, do you guys think only one portal wide receiver or two think targeting a big end and tackle is needed as well, or go with young guys? Um, let's, let's answer the wide receiver one first. What do you think? One or two? I think two, I think two, uh, I think you got to take two. Um, 
you know, and hopefully you get like one, at least one guy who's like a top guy that you know is going to be someone that you can count on, right? Like yeah. that this this guy is going to start for us somewhere. He's going to be productive. He's going to provide something. He's had that kind of production uh, at his previous school. That would be great. Uh, and I mean, I think you want to take guys who've been productive at the previous schools anyways. I think that just makes sense. But you know, you don't have to get two guys to be like, these are automatically the two best receivers on the team. Because I think like great house is going to take a step next year. Flores is going to take a step. Faison is going to take a step next year. Um, you know, it, it, Jane Thomas is hopefully going to be hundred percent healthy. I mean, yeah. he should be, he should be and be a dude. Right. So like they should have good options, but I think right where you're at, just, they need more bodies. They need more bodies. And I think like, so I'm not saying you, you know, you don't want to get like a Cam Smith and Freddie Canteen. You don't want that where you guys are like just desperate. And you're just trying to get guys just to get guys. Um, but you, if you get guys that you can help, like that changes the dynamic of the thing. Cause, because you're going to play Texas A&M at the beginning of the season, like, you're going to need guys to make plays in that game. So if you can get a couple guys that you think can make plays in that kind of environment, like it's would be huge. I mean, you need some seniors in the room. Yes. Like you need some upperclassmen. Like, look, all that's the, all that's there is, is Jaden Thomas. That's it. Tobias is out. He would have been a junior. Um, Tyree's out. He would have been a senior. You know, you don't have any, you don't have any upperclassmen. You have one guy and like that. You need multiple. You need a someone who to come in and uh, and and play a boundary receiver. Someone needs to come in and play. Colsey, we we think may not be on the roster, right? Like so, that's another one where it's just you need some guys. You need some guys, and so they need a couple. And uh, someone asked about Chris Mitchell. I, I want to ask you about this. Uh, John Imperial asked: Is Chris Mitchell? a realistic option. He is from FIU. Uh, I know he was a senior, so I pr presumably he's at least in position to graduate. I don't know if he has graduated. It makes it a lot easier. Uh, have you, have, do you, what do you know about Chris Mitchell? Let's put it like that. I know he put up over a thousand yards for FIU this year. I haven't watched a ton of them just briefly highlights. Uh, but I believe like he is definitely like a guy that would be yeah. on the radar. He's yeah. on the radar. So, I mean, I can't say that like this guy is going to be this for Notre Dame if whatever. I haven't watched enough of them yet. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on, so that I've been kind of preoccupied with, uh, you know. But I, I do think that he is, yes, on the radar. He's he's a, he's a guy to uh, monitor. We're monitoring. We're monitoring Chris uh, Chris Mitchell. Um, Lauren Grad, let me get to this. There it is. Um, Lauren Grad says we will have five very good sophomores next year. For sure. Absolutely. You know, that that's a hundred percent correct. But you do want some some upperclassmen in there. Like you do. I don't think this happens. Like honestly, I don't think this happens with Tobias if Kevin Austin isn't on the on the roster. Someone like that. Someone like Chase Claypool, someone yeah. like Miles Boykin. You know, yeah. like I just don't think it happens. Like he 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 can sit behind someone who it's like this guy is a, a friggin' pro, you know. Javon McKinley, yeah. Brent Skoranek, right? Like these guys, it's like this is how it's supposed to look. This is how you work. This is how these are the types of catches you need to be making. No one, no, there was no example for him this year, yeah. especially when Jaden goes out. You know, like it just it it, it really hurt. It it hurts, and that's what I'm saying. Like you have to look at the whole situation and in its entirety. Not just for the wide receivers themselves, but also for Chancey Stuckey, right? He did not have an easy situation to navigate. And in some ways, he did really well in getting those freshmen ready to go. Like the sophomores that we're happy about, like Rico Flores, Jaden Greathouse. Uh, he got Chris Tyree looking like a good football player, right? Just, yeah. just turned into a wide receiver. Jordan Faison as well. That was a very difficult situation for him to navigate. On the one end, he did a very good job. On the other end, right, the part where it's like you got to stay on them, you got to be communicating with them, you got to be, you got to be making, letting them know, like, hey, you're important to me. 
You're important to this yeah. program. Stay with me. He didn't do that part. And, well, and it cost him, right? You know but what, though? It's difficult. I, I don't even, not even the part about managing, but I also think it's just good to have those good players because people are fine if you, if the guy in front of you is like an NFL guy, a guy who's going to be in the draft, a guy who is clearly better than you. Like it's so obvious he's better than you at that point in your career. Like that's why people are, you know, like someone like Miles Boykin, it didn't happen for him right away. Chase yeah. Claypool, it did not happen for him right away, right? Miles Boykin in his third season had yeah. worse stats than Tobias did this year. Yeah. In his so third year. It didn't happen for those guys right away. But when you have uh, – okay, so you have Chris Brown there who's like a vet and a good player. A good player, right? Not an NFL guy, but like a borderline NFL, you know, UDFA type guy. Yeah, He's a good player. And you have – Corey Robinson, you got all these, you've got uh, Will Fuller and you've got Torrey Hunter Jr. You have good players at receiver. And then when you're not playing, you see these guys are at a certain level. It's like, well, now, you know, I got to get to that level if I want to play. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, Equinemius St. Brown, it's like, you're like, well, this guy's starting and he's balling. So, okay, like, am I going to not play because it's like, you can accept it because you're like, I got to get to this level. If you're being truthful about it and not just looking at it, that's fine. It's just like that happens at every position. It's yeah. like, I'm willing to w- wait because I'm, I still want to play here. I like it here, whatever. But I also know that I'm not getting cheated out of playing. Cause I'm not thinking about it in that terms. Well, and the other thing is the parents aren't thinking about it in those terms either. Like, why aren't you playing? Why aren't you playing? Well, you know, Miles Boykin is the boundary. And, I, you know, that's why I'm not playing the boundary and getting all the targets, right? They, like, why am I not playing? Well, Chase Claypool is like having an All-American type season, right? Like all this kind of stuff, like that kind of stuff does actually, it's a big factor in it. It's yeah. like, well, why am I not, you know, Liam Meikberg, I and I understand this is like O-line, O-line tend to think different about things too, but like, Liam Eikenberg was a very highly rated recruit. He didn't play until year three. It's like, well, everybody in front of me is just like an NFL guy. It's going to be like a you're first thinking, round pick. You're behind Mike McGlinchey. He got picked. Yeah. Ninth. Like, so you're going to whine like, about that? Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> it's a totally different thing, right? It, it's that that is it's a different dynamic. Um, and I don't think like people want to play. They want they want to whatever. But it's like. I guarantee you if say the linebackers played way better than they did last year, if the linebackers played this year, how they did last year, then, and someone like Prince Cully, maybe he doesn't leave, you know, because he's like, man, I, I'm actually not good enough, but I, mm. I, you know, I, I'm going to get there, whatever. So that, that it does change the dynamics of everything. Yeah. Uh, a couple questions here. Um, do, 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 do. let me let me try to oh Rajon asks is Marcus Freeman blaming Stucky for all these guys leaving because he didn't handle their egos well enough I, I don't think blame is the right word it's like he's holding him accountable in the most in the most extreme way you can you know like it can't it can't be this way and for him it's like you know what I just need to make a change I can't trust that it's going to be okay i think there were just too many guys who had kind of the same concern and you know it's it's so again it's not like chancy stucky did a terrible job it's not like he 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 was so bad or whatever it's just that it's a big problem and you can't have the problem and marcus freeman's like i i just need to find someone else who, who i i believe can do it that's it i mean it's it's i don't think it's that deep other than like I just, he just felt like it was bad enough to where I got, I got to make a move, and and that's, that's kind of how it was. Um, let's see. There's another question here about uh, any intel regarding uh, the wide receiver coach. I would be stunned if they didn't try to go after Jamarcus Shepard again. I think he was the other finalist, and now he's at Washington. Washington's obviously done a very good job. Um, you 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 put a name in your 
in your list of coaches. Jamie's always got a, a Rolodex of coaches that he feels like could fill the role. Um, and you had a name, Jamie, uh, the the wide receiver coach at Wisconsin, who was formerly at Cincinnati, worked with Marcus Freeman. Uh, can you can you remind us of of him? Yeah, uh, Mike Brown. He's the associate head coach and wide receivers coach at Wisconsin. So he was obviously that he was there the entire time that Marcus Freeman was there at Cincinnati. So he obviously went with Luke Fickle. Um, he's a guy who you know they didn't weren't recruiting top, top guys, and they found, like, athletes and made them into NFL draft picks, right? They 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 got guys like Alec Pierce and Trey Tucker and Tyler Scott who were just, like, um, considered, like, uh, the la latter two were, like, track guys. The other guy was, like, more of, like, a multi-sport athlete, you know, a good track guy too, but, like, that became NFL draft picks, right? So um, I think, you know, he's obviously – the connection there is obvious, Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, that, you know, kind of makes sense, uh, from that perspective, I think he's a guy that I'm certain that they would at least talk to, you know, and, uh, we'll see, we'll, we'll see, but yeah, like you mentioned Shepard, I mean, it, there's a bunch of different directions they could go. I mean, you could check out our sports daily. I got, I got like a list of, of, of more guys that you can take a look at that are, um, you know, that I think are pretty qualified or guys who are like, kind of like rising, up in in uh the industry um but i also say too like it might be something like as as simple as like daryl hazel was the coach at purdue uh when you know marcus freeman keeps he was marcus freeman's boss at purdue worked with jared parker there too uh you know was a wide receivers coach at ohio state like that was his thing he's like a veteran guy he's been an offensive coordinator um there's obviously like a trust and familiarity there in like a kind of like in the way that a John McNulty was kind of similar to Tommy Reese. Right. So there's that kind of guy too, who maybe not the sexiest hire in terms of the name of like, this guy's this rising star or whatever. Um, you know, certainly not where like Jamarcus Shepard is now, mm -hmm. but I think when people were like, no one was like, man, John McNulty, what a great hire. And it turns out he was pretty good. He was a good recruiter. He was a good coach. He certainly helped with the offense too. So I wouldn't say that 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 isn't a possibility either that they could go that direction. So um, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, uh, thing. And uh, Xander, I don't know how if you know how uh, it works with uh, life, but people hire people they know. That's how it, that's what it is. They know because that's what they know what they're gonna get. I mean, he did know Chancey Stuckey, and I mean, like Brian Kelly went with uh, went with Mike Denbrock because that's who he yeah. knows from Cincinnati at LSU, and they have the Heisman Trophy winner. You know, like, it can, like it, <laughs> yeah, it's like you can say like, man, Mike Mickens really should have got rid of, uh, or they should have really got rid of Mike Mickens because Freeman worked with them before. It's like no, just sometimes guys aren't fits and they're not or whatever. It doesn't work out in this situation, whatever but you don't take someone off the list because it's someone, you know, and most of the time in coaching, in any kind of thing, it's connection, some kind of connection you made with someone. And sometimes that's not the best hire, uh, but sometimes it is. So yeah. I, it, it's, I mean, like McNulty, like I said, that was a guy that Reese Reese knew that guy made the offense better. He made the offense better because he was there. So you know, I, I, I don't like, I mean, uh, Mike Denbrock also, uh, you know, called plays for Notre Dame's 2015 offense, the most successful offense that, uh, the Brian Kelly era. So, yeah, I mean, he's a good coach. You're going to go with someone you trust. Like yeah. that is just, it, everyone talks about like, Oh, he's doing it's, this is for his job. This is for his career. This You're going to go with someone you trust. Like that is, that is the way people operate. Right. He has to make it work. He has to make it work. You're not just going to go with a bunch of strangers all the time. Right. Um, so you have to go with with the person that you trust is going to do the best job. Um, and so like even for us, like we needed a, a new intro song and we needed new intro music and, and 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 graphic. And so what do we do? We went with someone we trusted. And that was VSRmediacompany.com, founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy award winning anchor Vahid Saad Razadeh. 
VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video and photo. Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or are aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling, social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Iris Sports Daily to receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. All right, so so speaking of trusting and that sort of thing, uh, Riley Leonard's officially in the portal, Jamie, and um, (laughs) go away. You know what? It's always nice to get from, from the people. You know, and my guy Ga, who's uh, who's the best. Ga's the best in the biz, um, in the shirt game. But Riley Leonard officially in in the in the in the portal, Jamie. And uh, I just I I I I hear people like you look at some of the stats and you look at um, you know, he's had some clunkers, right? He's had some absolute clunkers on his resume there. Um, you know, poor poor uh completion percentage, low yards. Um, poor, poor uh, a quarterback quarterback rating or a quarterback uh, efficiency rating. But I look at his skill set, and I think, man, this really, this really translates to what Notre Dame wants to do offensively. And um, I don't know. It, it just it seems like it. It seems when you go in the portal and you have a do not contact. You know, and, 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 and there's, there's all these, there's all these, uh, this, all this smoke around him seems to me, they're just crossing T's and dotting I's on this thing. That It does seem that way. <laughs> uh, and it's typically that way. Like I'd say like, um, Ivan Taylor going to commit tomorrow. I mean, I don't think people are like not thinking it. People are thinking that it's Notre Dame. Like, it's just it's how it works uh, most of the time. Uh, by God the way, Wang is thinking that it's Notre Dame. Yeah. By the way, we have to wait. Taylor, big big pickup for Notre Dame. If he, real if he, real if good commits, football player. If he commits, real good football it's, player. It's a big it's a big pickup. Um, so uh, Leonard. Okay, I think that's the way to kind of look at it too. Is um, well one. Okay, he first season as a starter, 2022 season for him, right? By the way, he came in, Duke was 121st in returning production on offense. And it's Duke. So they didn't have like four stars and five stars uh, waiting in the wing. So it wasn't a great situation that he inherited. And they did pretty well with it, like actually really well. And so... I think you got to consider the context of that. You also consider the context of, I don't think he had a receiver or a tight end uh, in the last few years that is going to the NFL. Like is, is going to ever play a snap in the NFL. Yeah. Like, um, you know, that is a thing. Uh, certainly not as way less talent than uh, Sam Hartman had at uh, receiver, you know, is, yeah. is what I would Say no one close to A.T. Perry. No, not even no close. one. No one close to here at A.T. Perry, Donovan Green, or even Jamal Banks. Yeah. Um, so I you like, yeah, I, I think you can look at a lot of things and a lot of things with this game in terms of like the accuracy numbers, um, o- overall, right? Like, but he was like, he's 70% uh, adjusted completion percentage, right? Which is like takes out the drops and all the catchable passes that like should have been caught, or whatever, right? And takes out, um, other uh like throwaways and stuff like that too right so that's pretty good it's not great but it's pretty good um and so and it's not elite but i've seen him make uh like middle of the field uh, that's what i always look for do you make middle of the field throws with anticipation and accurate and i've seen him do that so he is capable. I saw of doing him. I saw, I saw an example of that. Yes, just yesterday. Yeah. So he has the arm talent. He has um, the the brain to make that. Also comes from a pro style system. Was originally recruited by David Cutcliffe. Uh, you know, we had the one year in, in their system too to kind of learn and develop to, you know, one of the best quarterback developers of the last, you know, whatever decades. Like. So 
that's he's got that up his sleeve too. He was the 28th ranked uh, player into going into the preseason on Dane Brugler from the Athletic, who's their NFL draft guy. His top 50 going into the season. So obviously, his season didn't go as as planned because of getting hurt at Notre Dame. Um, and he basically they shut it down. Like his ankle was so bad after whatever he shut it down. He pl- tried to play, but he was bad in those other games because he couldn't move. He, I don't know if anybody watched the Florida State game, but like they had to yank him because he's got yeah. he couldn't move right, and so he had you know eleven design runs against Notre Dame. He had zero in the next two games, so it just kind of shows what he is. He's great, uh, a legitimate dual threat, legitimate dual threat. Notre Dame fans should be aware of it. He's he made a ton of plays with his legs against them. Made a ton of plays with his legs against Clemson. So you can't say, oh, he's doing this, racking up these numbers. Like, no, he went against teams with better athletes than 99% of the teams that he's playing and made plays with his legs. He's a good athlete. He's a very, very good athlete. And I also think there's a difference between a guy like him and Sam Hartman when you're you're taking – first of all, you're taking – Sam Hartman was a guy you're taking after his fifth year. So he's going to his sixth year. Leonard is his fourth year. He started about maybe 20 games, maybe even less than 20 games in, in, in his career. Sam Harvard had over 50 starts in his career. So there's a big gap between that, like how many reps and what this guy has done and kind of like where he Hartman was at relative ceiling. And that's before you even get into, he's got, better traits than Hartman. He's bigger. He's a better athlete. I think he's got a better arm, I, I would say. Um, and, and and he's made – there's less turnover-worthy plays. Like his turnover-worthy play percentage is less than Hartman's was at um, at, at, at Wake, right? So um, I, it's not to say that he – he finished 28th in, in 2022. He finished 28th in ESPN's QBR, and that's like – a metric that takes like it takes into your running the success of plays. So mm-hmm. it's like, did this guy take sacks? Did this guy throw a pick? Did this guy th- do this in this situation? Did he convert third downs? Whatever. All these kind of things. It takes like, you know, success rate, EPA, all it's it's kind of like all into it and looking at the kind of ratings. And that's how they they take it. So I do think QBR is actually like a pretty valuable metric. It's it's a good one, yeah. especially for college quarterbacks. So 28th, certainly. Does Notre Dame want the 28th best quarterback in the country? No, they want like a top 10 quarterback. But I think he has the potential to maybe be a top 10 quarterback. And that's kind of the point. You're not going to get Drake May. Everybody wanted Drake May last year. He didn't even go in the portal, right? Really, there's only been one kind of for sure thing, Drake May type of guy that has gone in the portal in the last few years. And that was Caleb Williams. Yes. And then he was awesome. Right. But no one was like Michael Penix Jr. is going to be a Heisman contender. No one was like Bo Nix is going to be a Heisman contender. Bo Nix. So his best year at at, at Auburn, 60.2 completion percentage, 7.0 yards per attempt. I mean, he was a joke. He was not, he, he was not considered a guy like, Oregon got him. It was not, it was like, yeah, is he going to win the job? Like people weren't, it was not a slam dunk that he was going yeah. to be. A thing. And he had, um, you know, the, the OC there at the time was, had him at Auburn. So there was familiarity there. So there was that kind of connection, but it wasn't like a slam dunk that he was going to be. This year he's 78.4% at 9.7 YPA. So, yeah. It's a massive difference, and some of it is situation. He's got a better team around him at Oregon right now than he had at Auburn. That's for sure. Some of it is the guy got better. And so he left after his third year, and he got better. So that is very possible with Leonard. And I'm not saying that Leonard is going to be a Heisman contender or that is going to – it's going to happen – but the possibility of him being a better version of the guy he's Duke is 
out there. And I would say it's like a pretty good percentage that it could be the case. And obviously you got to surround him with talent. I think there's still, even if just Notre Dame had what they have right now, they'd still have better talent than Duke in terms of their skill guys and, and, and their backs, you know, their line, all that kind of stuff. But, and if you add some more guys in the portal and stuff too, then it can, you know, go up even from there. So, and it's not even to say that Steve Angeli or even Kenny Minchie or CJ Carr couldn't end up being the quarterback by the end of the year or later in the year, or maybe even one of those guys wins the job from them and it's just that good, period. And that's fine. But you know that Riley Leonard has not just won games, but been the reason why they won games at Duke against Power 5 teams that ACC teams that Notre Dame is going to play and going to have to beat. So that's part of it. The other thing is, this guy just played against Notre Dame. They were down 13-0. He led them back in the game to 14 points. Like, he was the the biggest reason why they came back in that game. And obviously some of that was his running, but that is also part of the equation of why you're that is That is actually like the biggest thing to me. The biggest like, like attractiveness. Notre, yeah. Notre Dame has the best pass defense in the nation. Literally. Number one pass efficiency rating against. They are the best. Like Duke could not do anything against them. Or no, they, so it's like we don't know what to do. We're just going to run the quarterback. And that's how they got back in the game. Like, it, it's so it, it's a situation where if you get in a game where it's just not clicking, like we saw this year, you know, against Louisville, against Clemson, where it's like we can't, we can't move the ball. We can't, we can't, we can't do anything with this passing game right now. You could just run your quarterback, you know, and that is a viable option, right? And, and like, it, it, to me, when you look again, and and Lauren Grads asking about like, like if we bring in Leonard now, we have an inexperienced quarterback in twenty five, which is true. I would rather do it this year. Which year would you guys prefer? Now, I've been consistent on this point for the past like probably month. If it's not Riley Leonard, then I think you could make a real case for like saying, you know what, we'll bring in somebody, but we really want it to be like one of Angeli or Minchi, right? But it is Riley Leonard. And I think Riley Leonard is a guy where it's like the style of quarterback that he is, you go with it. You go with it. Because I think at 25, this, I've I've been a, a, a heard enough times from a number of different people. They really like Kenny Minchie. They like him a lot. They do. And he looks good throwing the ball. I'll say that. And, and so I, I just think there's something there. I, they like Steve Angeli as well, but they really like Ken, Kenny Minchie. And so I think they are completely comfortable going to at least him or Angeli in 2025 and, and bridging it that way. But if you have a guy like Riley Leonard, I just think that for what the offense wants to be and for the skill set that he has, I, I think you have to do it. I do. And and I've been consistent on that. So that's kind of where I come out there. Um on that conversation. And again, the running, if Riley Leonard was a better, like just, we wouldn't have said it at the time because we didn't know a, he wasn't an option, but B, we didn't know what the offense was going to look like when Sam Hartman signed on Yeah. in hindsight, Riley Leonard would have been a better option for this Notre Dame football team. They beat Ohio state with Riley Leonard. They do. We yeah. said that we, he's basically, he's, he's basically like, a scaled up version of Ian book. Yeah. Um, he's like, he's, 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 he has a better arm talent and he is a bit like, he is a bigger. real, real bigger, real, real athlete running the ball, like really good athlete. Breaks so a ton of tackles. Just, yeah. Um, okay. Th- this is another way that I think Notre Dame fans should look at it as well. Uh, okay. Well, first this is, this is a way that everyone should look at it is, Marcus Freeman needs to win next year. He needs to yeah. win. He needs to make the playoff. Uh, it's 12 teams. So he's got to be in the top 12. No one's, you know, saying for sure that he's got to be a top four team, whatever. But they got to make it in year three based on how the first two years went. 
I think that's, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to get fired if he doesn't make it or anything like that, but it's, you don't want to have that not happen with where the things in the program, because that's how things can like spiral out in a, in a bad way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where all of a sudden people talking about you in a, you know, oh, Hey, he's really done a lot of good things to, I mean, I don't know if he's the guy like, you know, that is, and that's already started to happen with some people. Right. So that's just something that is, they got to win next year. So if you think that Riley Leonard gives you the best chance to win next year, then that is a real thing. The other thing is you got to you realize that you're playing Texas A&M at the beginning of the season. Now, you know, Mike Elko is going to be there. Uh, they're going to keep most of those guys on defense. They were an elite defense this year. They were one of the best, you know, I think they're like a top 15 defense in the country. I'll have to double check uh, top 20 at the very least, but uh, you know, most of the guys from their defense are coming back. So that's something to think about. They're 15th. So they're a top 15 defense in, in, in DF plus. So, so that is, you know, something that you got to think about is you got to go in and you got to win that game because if you win that game, you look at the schedule too. There's not like a lot of big name teams in it. So if you lose that game, it's a little bit like 2019 where, I mean, Notre Dame was good in 2019 and they went 10 and two, but they lost to only two big games that mattered, you know, Georgia and, um, and Michigan. And obviously they lost Michigan in a really bad way. And so they didn't even end up being in a new year six bowl, even though they were like, they were new year six. Good. They were that level of being good, but they didn't get into it because of, of, of where they're at. So think about one, you can look at Clemson in 2018, beginning of the season, Trevor Lawrence, not the starter. Kelly Bryant was the starter. Mm-hmm. He actually was huge in going to Texas A&M and then beating Texas A&M. Anyone go back and watch that game. Kelly Bryant was like the guy who won them that game at the end of the game. Um, obviously, as time went on, it just became obvious Lawrence was the best guy and he won the job. So, okay, fair enough. Uh, that, but Bryant, maybe if Lawrence starts the game and that's his whole thing, maybe they don't win that game. Maybe they don't go undefeated. Maybe something happens where they don't make the playoff or something because of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's something to think about. 2018 Notre Dame. Ian book. I mean, when I was there covering, uh, the team in camp that year, it was pretty obvious book was better than Brandon Wimbush. Right. But the, the entire talk of everything that was going to happen was I think book is eventually going to be the quarterback, but they play Michigan week one. And I think they're really going to need Wimbush as a runner yeah, in that legs. game. And, and they did. They did. And, you know, maybe Book comes in and they win the game anyways. Who knows, right? But the point is they won the game with Brandon Wimbush and his legs were big in that game. So, um, obviously, they made the switch. They probably should have made the switch maybe like a week or so earlier than they did. But they did make the switch and it didn't end up costing them or whatever. Uh, but would they have won the game with Ian Book? Uh, to begin the season? I don't know. I don't know. But they made the bet. And one of the things that they thought was because Wimbush had played in those games before. He had won games for them. He And he had won games with his legs in like a big night game kind of thing. So they're like, they rolled with him. And obviously, if he stunk up the joint, they could have just switched to book at any point. Um, but it ended up being a big thing in them going to the playoff that year. So I think people should kind of look at it from that perspective, because that is definitely something like the best case scenario with Riley Leonard is this guy comes and he's like, man, like a rocket ship. He takes off. He has this kind of like the, you know, the Penix junior, the, the, the Knicks, the, you know, DJU, whatever the, the big bump when he goes up, you know, because Hartman basically was kind of the same guy. 
that he was at Wake Forest in a lot of yeah. ways. But the best case scenario is Leonard becomes the guy who takes that big jump. And, you know, all of a sudden it's like, man, Leonard is playing himself. You know, this is like a Russell Wilson situation. All of a sudden he's playing himself into being a high pick or whatever. That'd be great. They go to the playoff. They they do well, whatever. Yes, gravy. Uh, on another scenario is he stinks up the joint, does not learn the offense well, and somebody else beats him out in camp. I think that's probably unlikely, but that's possible. Yeah. The other thing is that he is like good because you know he's good enough to help you win early on, and then he gets passed later on. Or he, because he runs a lot, he gets hurt, and yeah. you have these other guys. So it doesn't necessarily mean that someone isn't going to be experienced for 2025. Right. So I think that's that's kind of the way to look at it is that like there's a lot of possibilities there. And Riley Leonard, if you get him, makes the roster better just automatically. Yep. Uh, so there's going to be a lot going on. You're going to want to stay tuned in to irisportsdaily.com. Subscribe, subscribe to this channel, like this channel. Uh, hit the notification bell so you know that everybody's going live. Uh, with a lot of like at this time, uh, there's a lot of breaking news. I said on the last show, so we could be doing an impromptu show if the news is big, big. Um, and so you're gonna want to stay tuned in for us there. Um, I would say monitor, monitor the uh, monitor the Twitter, the the irisportsdaily.com as well. Um, there, there may be some news. Pretty soon, get on some uh, more text, there's text alerts for uh, ISD subscribers too. So Te text uh, alerts for ISD subscribers. Yeah, so uh, you're gonna want to sign up for that. Uh, look, look for some some news and in, in, in more portal guys. So uh, check it that out. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, our next scheduled show is uh, Tuesday, so uh, that's when we're definitely gonna be back. Um, we might be back before that though, uh, given uh, you know events so have a good uh day everyone have a good weekend we'll talk to you soon keep hitting and hustling